Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Marana, Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, of course, at Priests for Life, most of the time we're talking about abortion. But do you realize there's another issue that is very important? It's And it's not just end of life. Very often people use that phrase, from the womb to the tomb. The phrase is called euthanasia, assisted suicide. And unfortunately, it doesn't just affect elderly people. Somehow we have this notion in our heads that, oh, that's just for the old people, end of life. No. Euthanasia and assisted suicide is happening to people of all ages where medical treatments being denied, where people are being kind of talked into ending their lives. And in our country, you might be saying, oh, well, isn't that, that's bad. That's over up in Canada. Oh, it's bad over in Europe. No, it's also bad here in the United States. Well, joining me today is an expert on this issue, a dear friend of mine, a Canadian, yes, uh, Alex Schattenberg from the Euthanasia Prevention Institute. And we're going to talk about euthanasia in America. And with the upcoming elections, it's going to be on the ballot, I think, in some states. So welcome to the program, Alex Schattenberg. Thank you, Janet. I'm, I'm very happy to be on your show. Uh, you're always uh, on top of these topics. And you're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of people think of assisted suicide as only dealing with people who are near to death or very elderly and they sort of justify it that way. They say, oh, it's not so bad. You know, these people are dying anyway. They're near to death or, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're in the 90s or we're only really, you know, lessening their life by maybe a week or something. What are you guys concerned about, you know? And in reality, it's not about that at all. It really is about uh, these laws giving doctors the right in law to be involved with causing your death. And uh, often it could be somebody who has uh, diabetes and they're not like... We have this case right now in Canada that we're dealing with of a 23-year-old young man who's type 1 diabetic, and he was approved for euthanasia. Now, I know that's not in the U.S., but I, I, can, I can say to you very quickly, if you look at the rules around the Oregon assisted suicide law, and the same would be in Washington State, etc., they have a six-month definition. But it says six-month if you don't try treatment. So if you were a type 1 diabetic, you would be six months away from death if you decided not to take insulin and therefore you would also qualify for assisted suicide in Oregon. So this is the kind of thing people don't understand. The definitions sadly are everything and these definitions are designed for what? To allow more people to die. That's what they're about. And they're allowed to give, they're, they're there to give the doctors more power. The doctors of course who are willing to kill more power to be involved in your death and to cause your death. So, so here in the United States, Alex, let's just give them the landscape. How many, what, let's name the states that currently have laws on their books allowing euthanasia and assisted suicide. Okay, so I don't have the list in front of me, Janet, but uh, I, I, you know, we have Oregon and Washington State. Uh, we have Vermont, Maine, and New Jersey, Hawaii, California, uh, New Mexico. Uh, now I'm getting a blank. Oh, Colorado. And there's one other one. Okay, and there's also Washington, D.C., the, uh, the District of Columbia. Uh, in Montana, you have um, assisted suicide wasn't technically legalized, but they had a court case. And in the Baxter decision, the Washington State, the highest court decided that there was a defense of consent. So what a doctor would do is if he was a, 
if he was uh, accused of or prosecuted with assisting a suicide, he simply has to prove or she has to prove that the person consented, uh, which, uh, which means they have to keep some notes on that to make sure that they have that defense of consent. But that's, that's what you have. But you had, uh, what the good news is, is that in 2022, no new states legalized assisted suicide. And there was a big push in quite a few states. You know, I mean, a massive push by the, uh, the uh, death lobby to legalize assisted suicide in several states, including Connecticut and New York and Massachusetts, et cetera, and a few others. And they accomplished their goals nowhere. So that is actually good news for 2022. And, uh, and uh, we have to, of course, keep that going. And I'd like to see us actually roll back some of these laws because the fact of it is, is there are people whose lives are threatened by assisted suicide. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, basically uh, where it's legal, all of our lives are threatened by assisted suicide. So let's just do a little review class for everyone. Can you just explain the, the terminology? What's the difference between the term euthanasia and assisted suicide? So people can get those terms clear in their minds. So euthanasia is legal in the Netherlands and Belgium and Luxembourg and Canada. And it's illegal in all 50 states in the U.S. So what euthanasia is, is the doctor or nurse practitioner, as we have in Canada, would lethally inject that person. So it's the lethal drug cocktail that they are actually injecting into that person to cause their death. So in the U.S., all 50 states recognize that as a form of homicide. Uh, now, of course, there might be mitigating circumstances if some doctor were charged with it. They might get a lesser sentence or whatever, or they might get no sentence at all uh, in some states, I, don't, I would sadly believe. But nonetheless, it's illegal in all 50 states. It's homicide. And if you think about what the act is, it is homicide. Assisted suicide is very similar. It uses the same drug cocktails. The difference is, is you have to take it yourself. So the difference between euthanasia and assisted suicide is in both cases, the doctor is directly involved. The doctor or nurse practitioner are approving this. They are then uh, facilitating it. But in the case of assisted suicide, you have to take those drugs yourself. So usually they'd be mixed with, uh, you know, uh, something you really like because they're very harsh, caustic, terrible drugs to consume, to drink. You know, they're horrible, horrible things. Uh, so you would put it with applesauce if you like applesauce or whatever your favorite drink because you have to drink it down or have it consumed somehow. Whereas with euthanasia, you're lethally injected. So obviously speaking, um, that's being a direct action by that physician or that nurse practitioner to kill you. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's the difference. Okay. And from, from what I'm getting, um, the euthanasia or assisted suicide lobby, the, you know, the, the, the people who love death, um, they know they can promote the euthanasia where the doctor does it. So their goal is to pass assisted suicide in, in many states, right? I mean, that's their goal because they realize the other one is a higher uh, hill to climb, Right. But let's first get people killing themselves. Is that correct? Correct. In the U.S., the earlier uh, death lobby tried to legalize euthanasia. So, for instance, they had a, a referendum in, uh, in California in 91 that failed. That would have been euthanasia. It allowed for the doctors to directly inject. Uh, the earlier attempt in Oregon, against, again, that was the early 90s, was euthanasia. And they realized that people weren't going for this homicide idea. Sadly, Canada bought it hook, line, and sinker. Um, it took the death lobby quite a few years and a massive court case to accomplish their goal. But nonetheless, Canadians are buying into this hook, line, and sinker, this concept of homicide's fine. I think that's a crazy idea. I think it's a crazy idea to give your doctor the right and law to kill you. 
I, I just don't get that. To give anybody the right in law to kill you, to give Janet the right in law to kill you would be a crazy idea also. But you know what I'm getting to. I think it's just absolutely absurd to be able to have one human kill another human for any reason. But nonetheless, they go back to it. So then they, they push for assisted suicide. They're actually changing their goal now. The big push now in the U.S. is, yes, of course, they're trying to uh, pass more assisted suicide laws, but their big goal now is to switch it to euthanasia. So there was a case in California, Dr. Shavelson uh, uh, brought a case before the federal court uh, in California to try and add euthanasia to the law. And his claim was that certain people with disabilities uh, could not or had difficulty uh, self, you know, consuming these drugs. Therefore, it would be, uh, you know, for equality purposes, equality purposes, uh, we would have to be able to kill those people by lethal injection, which is, of course, the same drugs anyway. And, um, and the court said, no, no, um, he's actually trying to put that case back together again and try another way to do it. Um, there's a big push now in Pennsylvania to legalize assisted suicide. And of course, this is going to be for after the election. They, they've started this big push already. And uh, one of the things they're pushing for is not only assisted suicide, but euthanasia. So if you're reading the articles about it, they're talking about, you know, we don't have legal assisted suicide in Pennsylvania and all these people are suffering because of that. That's a whole other issue we can get into. But then they're saying, but also, you know, euthanasia is the better way to go. And this is what they're arguing. So I'm seeing that this whole new direction in the U.S. right now is for pushing to expand it to euthanasia, lethal injection. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Alex, um, as you know, here in the United States, come uh, November, we have these important midterm mm -hmm. elections. Now, let's just put the landscape out there. We gonna uh, re um, we're gonna elect or reelect some people in the entire U.S. House, a third of the Senate. But what I want to focus people on is the representatives they're going to elect at the state level, right? Absolutely. Because they have their two houses in every state. Yeah. And, and it's at the state level that these proponents of euthanasia and assisted suicide are going to creep in after November when the new rep, reps are sworn in next year. That's when they're going to start marching ahead with assisted suicide and euthanasia. So what would you recommend? Because, um, you know, some of these candidates, you know, they don't re wear their opinions on their sleeves so easily. How should people approach this topic when looking at candidates to make sure they're getting people who would never vote for assisted suicide, or would never vote for euthanasia? Because so unfortunately, Alex, you know, you know, on the abortion end of things, you know, we do a good job at making sure who's the pro-life candidates. Well, guess right. what? If you're pro-life on abortion, you also need to be pro-life on euthanasia and assisted suicide. Right. So what kind of advice or questions, like if they're going to go to a town hall meeting, you know, what kind of things should people be drilling into these candidates at the local level so that they can kind of knock them out of the box before they get yes. in power? Well, as you know, Janet, the best time to actually ensure that your candidate is going to be fully pro-life and to be pro-life means you're opposed to killing people. You know, we're opposed to abortion because abortion is killing. Uh, it's not about any other thing than uh, we, we believe it's wrong to be killing people. It's wrong to give someone the power like a doctor or a nurse or someone the power in law to kill people. And in the case of assisted suicide, it's the same thing. Now, the people will justify it based on, oh, they'll say, you know, so-and-so is dying anyway. You know, all the justifications they use. And these are the flags they wave to justify this. But when we're looking at the state-by-state uh, -state level, the most important time was during the nomination time when you're getting your candidates. But now we already have that. 
So the fact of it is, is they need to also ask. Now, most, and this is the lay of the land, most pro-life candidates would also oppose assisted suicide. Now, not all, but almost all would oppose assisted suicide. Uh, and most candidates who are not pro-life would be in favor of assisted suicide, but not all. I'll give you an example. In Connecticut this year, there was a, a great victory. For 10 years in a row, they've been trying to legalize assisted suicide in Connecticut. Every single year, a bill comes forward, and every single year, it was either A, defeated, or B, they knew they didn't have the votes, so they put it aside. But they, every year, they introduced the same bill over and over again, the same people. This year, they almost got it, and they lost by one vote in the Judiciary Committee. And that one vote was a Democrat who voted against it, saying even though she was uh, uh, typically someone who would call herself a progressive, she was completely opposed to assisted suicide and voted against it. So you do get that. And obviously, uh, we, we're happy when any votes we get that are opposed to killing, we're happy to have those. But I think we need to ask these questions. And we need to ask these questions anyway because of the fact that in all these states, we're dealing with assisted suicide. Like assisted suicide is not an issue that's going away. For instance, New York. New York is a big state for this issue. And it hasn't been legalized yet in New York. And I'm very thankful because it's a huge state. So obviously, it'd be a massive battle to defeat it in, in, uh, in New York. But there has been bills to legalize assisted suicide, and they haven't yet been passed. So this has been good news. It, it'd be very important that at this midterm, we get a few more good people elected whether they be full pro-lifers or whether they, they be opposed to assisted suicide, you know, either way it works for a euthanasia prevention coalition. But the fact is, is how you vote will make a difference. This election is absolutely important. I'll tell you one other thing that's going on. The assisted suicide, the death lobby, they know they're not going to win in every state. They know that. So what they're doing now is they are trying to set up what you call these sort of regional death centers. So they're, they're pushing to get rid of the, um, they're pushing to get rid of the residency requirements in their assisted suicide laws. So right now, Oregon got rid of the residency requirements. So sadly to say, it's very sad, but all Americans, whether I like it or not, can go to Oregon and die by assisted suicide now. Uh, but now there's a big challenge in Vermont. They're trying to get rid of the residency requirement in Vermont for assisted suicide, and they're going to go state by state. So we have to, first of all, hold those states. But if we can get some sort of reversal in this next um midterm where there's a few more candidates who actually are proper thinking about the same they oppose killing uh obviously speaking uh we might be able to hold back uh some of these states from going all out uh assisted suicide or maybe turn some of them around and and like for instance uh montana i think montana is a winnable state to reverse the assisted suicide law and we lost in the last after the last election we lost that by a tie vote to reverse the Baxter decision, that there was um, a legislative, um, there was a, a piece of legislation that would have reversed the Baxter decision. And um, we lost by tie vote. We, if we had one more candidate who was a good person winning in Montana and one you know, not good person losing, that would change everything for Montana. This is the kind of thing we need to do and we need to be very clear about this. How we vote makes all the difference in the world. You know. Um, I'll make another comment. Somebody might always, for instance, vote Democrat. That's maybe what their family's done. They've always done it. They might be a solid person, but they've just always voted Democrat. And uh, I'm not to judge you. Your, your vote's your free vote. But guess what? Maybe this year you should be thinking differently and thinking about, well, who's the candidate who's going to help us preserve life? Maybe that's a good idea. And maybe, uh, maybe a change in vote one time might make all the difference in the world for a group of people if they did that. 
and, uh, and there'd be a bit of a shift in our politics that could make all the difference in the world this time. Well, you know, Arles, um, now in my, let me go back to Montana for a minute. So is assisted suicide legal right now in Montana? It's technically illegal, but because of the court decision, the Baxter court decision said that there was a defensive consent, that he agreed to a defensive consent. So um, lawyers got together and put together a piece of legislation which lost by a tie vote in the last, after, you know, in the last legislative session, which would have reversed the Baxter decision. What it was is it was a policy. It was saying that we do not believe that the legislature did, did uh, it changes the whole definition around the concept of a defensive consent. And so basically the legislature was saying was saying there's no there's no defensive consent to issues around assisted suicide, da 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 da. And so that would reverse the Baxter decision because the Baxter decision was based on certain laws in Montana. So if you reverse it by changing those laws, then obviously speaking, that would have reversed it and there would be no assisted suicide in Montana. So it's a weird thing in Montana, because as I say, it's they, they the court did not strike down the law, which is weird. What they did is they said no, we acknowledge a defensive consent, which was a crazy idea. And how do you define that? What does that mean? It's very hard, but it means that, yes, assisted suicide does happen in Montana. And as I say, it's a, re a state we can reverse it. Now, places like New Mexico need need a, need a physician really bad. I mean, a, a legislative physician, because they have such a bad assisted suicide law in New Mexico. It's, it's, it's very horrific. If, if there could be um, some sort of shift in New Mexico, that would be all the, you know, it'd be a wonderful situation because that law is so extreme. Um, it's it's what's pushing other states to become more extreme and allow assisted suicide for more reasons and to allow more people to kill and all this kind of thing. It's, it's a crazy situation. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, there are certain states, as I say, that are much worse than others. Um, so, I'll so tell you, it, though, yeah. if we're so, going to stop, go uh -huh. on. I'm interrupting you. Go ahead first. No, no, no. In, in New Mexico now, how extreme is there a system suicide law? Like what, what, what is the extremeness of it that makes it so, so bad? Well, first of all, the assisted uh, suicide law, and remember the definitions in a law are everything. Okay. So how it's defined is different. Uh, sex, so therefore it's more wide open. Okay. Um, in, for instance, in Oregon, they have that six month uh, requirement that you must be six months from death. And it's actually, as I already said earlier, uh, things like uh, type 1 diabetic, someone who's insulin dependent would qualify for a suicide in Oregon if they decided not to take their insulin, right? And you can't, of course, force anybody to take insulin. As a, that's just a prime example. New Mexico's got looser definitions. So that's right off the bat a problem. Secondly, they allow nurses to do it and, and uh, physician assistants to do it in, in, Mont in uh, New Mexico. Uh, I think the reason they added these other groups of uh, medical people, personnel, to be involved with assisted suicide is because the problem with Oregon and New Mexico, uh, not, not New Mexico, sorry, Oregon and Washington State, and et cetera, is there's very few doctors willing to do it. So if you want to increase the number of medical professionals who are doing it, you just add to the categories, and that's what they did. They also have uh, no waiting period. So they have this whole situation where you can have a same-day death they also only require one doctor to approve you. It doesn't take two. Now, no, in reality, you and I know, Janet, that what happens is, is the doctor who would approve assisted suicide is not asking somebody who opposes assisted suicide to be the second doctor to sign off, right? But nonetheless, only requiring one. You know, all these things, they start adding up to a situation where there's a lot more potential 
to be killed quickly in a place like New, Mex uh, New Mexico as compared to, for instance, Oregon. Not to say there's anything good with the Oregon law. New Mexico's is just far more extreme. And then last year, we saw quite a few bills. Because remember, the New Mexico passed that uh, over a year ago. So last year, we saw uh, quite a few bills throughout the year that were New Mexico-type laws. They were more extreme. Wow. Okay, so now I just want to stay on New Mexico for one more minute. Because I'm a little confused now because you just said in the New Mexico law, they said nurses and assistant medical assistants can do it, meaning they can prescribe the drugs. Because I thought with assisted suicide, the doctors can't, they can't actually inject the person. The person has to take the drugs themselves. Right. When you're they're saying directly involved, yeah. they're so, directly involved with approving. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. the nurse can approve it. Yeah. And prescribe the drugs to kill yourself? I don't know what the prescribing laws are in New Mexico because that would be maybe because we're talking about controlled substances. So it's possible right. that they're not prescribing, but they're only approving. Um, I'm not 100% sure because, in fact, it is nurse practitioners they defined it as. And I believe nurse practitioners can prescribe. Uh, nonetheless, right. I think the reason they also added more categories is uh, I believe that the goal also is in New Mexico to set up an assisted suicide clinic. So if you have this big regional assisted suicide center, uh, you can then staff it with less expensive, uh, you know, lower trained medical people, such as uh, a nurse practitioner or medical assistants, et cetera, uh, because they, are, according to the law, can do the approval process and everything else. Uh, it's easier to run a clinic that way than having to have a doctor involved, and doctors tend to cost a little more money. Right. So, you know, it's so ironic uh, Alex, because New Mexico, as you know, uh, is the late term abortion capital uh, in America here. So it, it, it doesn't surprise me then that they're now becoming like the, the big uh, spot, hotspot for assisted suicide. So, yeah. I mean, this is really important for people in New Mexico to wake up, pay attention. You pro-lifers out there, because this election, your state representatives, you really got a clean house, right? and get rid yep. of these pro-death people because it's both for the unborn child and for the living the the the, the forces of death there are are disgraceful it's terrible isn't it the, the, the democrats in new mexico tend to be very 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 pro-death and we see that in their politics and it's sad to see okay it's sad to see because new mexico was a different sort of political state about 10 years ago where you had a mixture of democrats you had you had, uh, you know, social conservative Democrats and you had, you know, pro-death Democrats within the same party being elected in New Mexico. And what happened is, is those uh, more, you know, extreme Democrats, what they did is they intentionally went after the Democrat representatives and at the nomination side, which is what I mentioned originally when you're talking about elections, at the nomination side to make sure that they were not the candidates anymore. So they got rid of them that way which shifted the whole balance of power in New Mexico. The other thing about New Mexico is I don't speak Spanish. I'm a Canadian. It'd be nice to speak Spanish, actually. There's a lot of a lot of people in North America who speak Spanish. It'd be really good, but I don't. But the Hispanic population in New Mexico is quite large, and yet they don't, morally speaking, if you they did a survey, they don't support all these things, yet they are tending to vote Democrat for other reasons. And so I've made it very clear to people, like, how do you reach over to these people? Because they're actually the swing vote. They're the vote that can shift that state back 
to a more uh, normalized sort of idea. Like it's a pretty extreme state if you can start considering some of their policies. And, um, and assisted suicide being one of them, of course. Um, yeah. my, my fear, of course, they're exporting this ideology outside of uh, New Mexico. They're saying, oh, it works in New Mexico. You should have this in Idaho. You know, this is the kind of thing you're going to get, you know. Okay. And Alice, if people want to read up more about uh, assisted suicide, et cetera, remind us of your great website uh, where they can get up to the latest info. Well, the, the, the website is epcc.ca, but they need to go also to my blog, and you can get there by going to the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition website, which is epcc.ca, but it's easier just to Google Euthanasia Prevention Coalition. Maybe I shouldn't use the word Google, but anyway. Uh, but the fact of it is you can Google us. We're very easy to find, and then you would go to my blog by, by uh, linking to the blog from the website, and the blog is, uh, I believe, uh, the picture of my face, and you hit that picture of the face, and it'll take you to the blog. Why? Because the blog is actually where I have all the information on all these things, state by state, region by region. Uh, my key to this whole thing, though, is that how we vote really will make a difference in this midterm election. It's going to really change things in the U.S., especially if you consider all the politics now, you know, post Dobbs and everything. Uh, you know, we really do need people to really say to themselves, this election, I'm going to vote, you know, for, for life. I'm going to vote for life this election. We really need that. Uh, because there's going to be so many states that are going to be facing legislative, uh, you know, legislative initiatives of whatever, and um, and uh, it's going to be a key, a key uh, two years after these midterms. Right. Well, Alex, I really want to thank you for all you do to sound the alarm. <laughs> You're like the Paul Revere of uh, assisted suicide, and I want to thank you for waking us up. Uh, about it because I don't think it's talked about enough here in America. So I really want to thank you and hopefully this will be on voters' minds this year. So thanks for thank joining. Thank you, Janet. Me. I think it's essential. Well, brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us. And before we go, let me just remind you of a few things. Uh, here at Priest for Life, we have a great website, prolifevote.com. Again, prolifevote.com. If you go there, you will have all the information you need to know about this important midterm election. For example, in some states, early voting is about to begin. In some states, voter registration deadlines are going to uh, expire. It's not too late. you got to go to prolifevote.com to get all that information about early voting, voter registration. And finally, I want you to remember this website ivoterguide.com. That's ivoterguide.com. They have it state by state organized. You can click on your state and your voter guide is ready and they will show you the candidates, Republican and Democrat, and they will show where these candidates stand on a wide variety of issues. And you'll be able to research and see where the pro-life candidates are and which ones are the pro-death candidates. And remember, brothers and sisters, it's up to you. This election, we're going to keep abortion out of America as much as we can, protect it in the states now that we have the reversal of Roe, and we got to keep this uh, euthanasia and assisted suicide out of these states that don't have it. And the ones that do have it, let's get those laws reversed. If we could reverse Roe v. Wade, we can reverse all these other laws state by state. Remember, it's up to you. Every vote counts in the public square. Go to prolifevote.com and get involved today. This is Janet Miranda, the Executive Director of Priest for Life. Thank you for joining us and God bless. 
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.